Well, we're going to crank up a whole new series this morning, um, and I'm calling it Spirit. Everybody say Spirit. Spirit. And there's three main things that we're going to kind of visit during this that I want you to know. God is, uh, the Holy Spirit is God. It's up there for you. And He is Helper, and He is Friend. I believe the Holy Spirit can be your very best, closest friend as we travel through this life. And He is, you must know that He is God. You must know that he is able and ready and willing and present to help. And then also I want you to be able to know that he'll walk and talk with you like, you, like your very best friend. Let's go ahead and pick up in John chapter 14. If you're with me this morning, say amen. amen. And let me, before I read this here, I, I kind of watch this happen all the time. Um, that whenever you mention Holy Spirit, some people cringe right away. Others... Um, brighten up and then some people are just kind of you know in between or whatever and i realize we all come from different backgrounds and different traditions we've had good experiences we have bad experiences we've had misrepresentations and proper representations of the holy spirit and what we want to do in this series is see what god says we want to see what what the bible says uh about the holy spirit y'all with me on that okay you can smile everybody's safe Nothing goofy is going to happen. Yeah, so you're good. John chapter 14, verse 16 and verse 17. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father. I will ask the Father and he will give you, so that's me. He will give you another helper. And we'll look at that word a little more in detail as we go. That he, the helper, the Holy Spirit, may abide with you forever, except for every other Tuesdays. No, forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And so this is very important. This is Jesus introducing the Holy Spirit. And this is in John chapter 14. Now listen to this. In John 14, 15, and 16, that discourse took place during the Last Supper. Uh, Jesus, uh, Judas rather has already left. The betrayer has left and Jesus now speaks this discourse, John 14, 15, 16 during the last supper. It's significant to know that at this point, Jesus is 12 to 14 hours away from being crucified. And so I think where this is placed and remember, Jesus said, I don't say anything on my own. I only say what I hear my father saying. So God Almighty is directing the timing, the order, the content, the sequence of events. And I think it is significant. It's huge that at this point now, Jesus is introducing the Holy Spirit. You know, think about if you were on your dying bed at that point, the things that you're going to say to the people around you are going to be significant and important things. And or if you have children and you're leaving them with a babysitter as you're about to leave, you say things to them and you say things to the babysitter. You say important things. And this is so highly important that it's placed here. And I think it does us good to see where this fit in this sequence of events here that Jesus now introduces the Holy Spirit. As he introduces the Holy Spirit, you need to pay attention to how he introduces him. And he calls him helper. He calls him comforter. 
In those three chapters, he uses that same word essentially, and helper and comforter come from the same word, four different times. I want you to notice, though, he did not refer to him as weird or strange. There's no indication at all that he talks about the Holy Spirit being spooky or mystical or ghostly or or odd at all. He introduces the Holy Spirit, get this, as the helper, as the comforter. And I'm thankful for that. Now, over my, uh, let, let me just say this statement first. The Holy Spirit, look at me, please. The Holy Spirit is not weird. And the Holy Spirit will not make you weird. Oh, but I've seen people before that, you know, under the banner of the Holy Spirit were weird. Let me fill you in on something. They were weird ever before they heard about the Holy Spirit. Some people are just weird. And I don't care if they're in stamp collecting or karate or the Holy Spirit. They're going to be weird about it. How many of you know I'm telling you the truth on Sunday morning or on Mother's Day? I wouldn't lie to you on Mother's Day. They're just some people. They're just a little odd. And... And I'm going to tell you, though, the enemy, and I'm not saying they're the enemy, but I'm telling you, the enemy will get as much mileage out of that as he can to deter people from the wonderful, beautiful truth and help of the Holy Spirit. So let's pay attention to that. I, I was reading after a pastor friend of mine recently, and he said that when he was coming up in church and they started to be introduced to ideas about the Holy Spirit, that his mom was in a quandary. Because she said, well, the only people I know talking about the Holy Spirit are people who wear no makeup or people who wear too much makeup. So she didn't know which group to join, you know. And, And let me just tell you, none of that has anything at all to do with the Holy Spirit. Are you all hearing me? And so what I want to do is kind of move some of the garbage away, um, Regarding the Holy Spirit, we have, you know, you have so many things happening and going on in the world and people's take on things that it, it's just kind of crazy at times. And yet I believe there's a design behind it to keep, keep you from wanting the Holy Spirit to do and be all that he wants to do and be in your life. Y'all still with me? Now I want you to think about something. If you and I had never been to church ever. And we'd never watched Christian television. We'll let that one soak a minute. And all we'd ever done really concerning this was to read the Bible. I'm going to promise you something. You would have eager desire. You'd have great expectation. You would so want the Holy Spirit in your life. If you could get all the... The distortion and distraction of what people have done, people have said, people have modeled or taught or, or, or whatever. You can get all that out of the way. You just have great expectation. You have great eager desire for the Holy Spirit to, to just be full in your life. And I believe that with all my heart. Here's the problem, though. Number one is the enemy. And, and before we finish today, I'll make a good point of this. The enemy is, well, he's scared. He, he does not want all this to happen. And let, and let me reveal something to you. There are a lot of denominations and so forth that are what we would call binatarian. Binatarian. And that means that they just believe in father and son. They don't believe in the Holy Spirit. If you ask them, they say, well, you know, whatever. Uh, but they're, 
And if they're not actually binatarian in their beliefs, they are in practice. Where they're only going to talk about the Father and the Son and nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. We are, I am, Trinitarian. And we believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And all three are God. Amen. And, and we'll develop that a little bit more as we go along. But, but we're stuck if we don't have the Holy Spirit in, in our lives. So the first problem is the enemy trying to, you know, distract us and detour us and get us, get away from anything having to do with the Holy Spirit. And I'm promising you he'll use whoever, whatever. I think he even helps some people to get on Christian television to steer some of the rest of you away. That's just a little opinion. I just dropped that in there off the side there. Just, just saying. The second thing is, second problem with this, as with anything that's powerful and wonderful, man tends to go overboard or not go at all. And it's what I call the road in the ditches. For every road of, for every truth, there is a road. And on either side of that road are ditches. And the one ditch, if you've been around here any time at all, I, I use this analogy a lot. Because for every truth, there is a road. And for every truth, you can take it to extremes. Whenever you take anything to an extreme, you're headed into error. So what some people will do, they'll take the wonderful truths of the Holy Spirit and they'll take it over in this ditch here. And that's excess and abuse and, you know, it can get a little goofy and they're all about manifestations and feelings and everything else. And there are manifestations and there are feelings, but it's like with anything wonderful and powerful, you can take it too far. You can just go overboard. And then others are coming along, minding their business, driving on the road and they see that wreck. And so they pull over into the other ditch and they're going to avoid it altogether. And here's the sad, sad thing. Both of them miss out on traveling on the road. And so what I want to do is, and as I've said before, is get us all back up in the road. Let's all, let's all get up in the road of truth. And the only way we're going to do that is to look to the Bible and see what the Bible says for us. Okay, you with me? All right. Pay attention. Your mom will pinch that part right behind your arm right, right there. The Holy Spirit has been misunderstood. He's been misrepresented, consequently avoided by some, ignored by some. Some take him to extremes. He's become controversial. Then there's wrong emphasis. You've got to make sure that you keep the main things, the main things, major on the majors, minor on the minors, and don't major on the minors. And the Holy Spirit and the the benefits of the Holy Spirit, that's an area where a lot of people tend to... uh, make minor things main things and main things minor things. And so what we have to do is rightly divide the word of truth. And so man ends up either uninformed or misinformed. Man also has the tendency to make doctrine out of manifestation, practice out of something that happened when that's not what the Bible would perhaps teach. And then that in reaction causes other people to just resist or ignore. So let's get all of that out of the way here. The first love gift, get this now, the first love gift from God to us is forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. Sorry, that's the best news I got for you today. And and you're like, it's good. No, the first love gift from God to us is the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you. But I sure needed that one, and I sure need that one. Anybody thankful? And if you're here today and you didn't know this, you can be forgiven. Jesus paid the price. He shed his blood. It's a matter of you now saying, I believe that and I accept that. 
and, and admit that to God and he'll cleanse you and forgive you. He'll take care of a debt that you created that you could never repay. He'll clean up a mess that you made that you could never clean up. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from sins. It continues to cleanse us from sins. That is an incredible love gift from God to you and to me. Somebody say something worthy of that this morning. Amen. Amen. Now, the second love gift then is fullness. Fullness of life through the Holy Spirit. Fullness of life through the Holy Spirit. We'll define that and develop that a little bit more as we go. This series for us is going to be sort of a truth quest. It's, it's going to be to find some real clarity, to define some things. And let me start out by saying this. The first and major, the priority ministry of the Holy Spirit is the daily individual help that he, that he brings to your life. On an individual basis, that is the primary work of the Holy Spirit is 24-7 with you. In you to help you. Are y'all with me? And that's his primary and major work that he wants to do. And we want to look at that and expand on that so that we have uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that we'll hear that and we'll believe God more and more that and realize he's with me. He'll help me. He's in me. He's with me. He'll come upon me for times that I need that extra whatever that he'll help me. You need to know this. And that's an incredible thing. But his primary work is you to work in your life. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, month after month after month, year after year, your whole life once you let him in to help you with that. And then we also want to get some clarity and gain an appropriate and biblical understanding of how does the Holy Spirit help us when we all come together? What, how, how does this play out in scripture? How does this play out in church? How do these, and we're going to define some things and, and show you some things and release some things, you know, concerning this. And so I think it's going to be helpful for all of us. So we must all have a willingness. We must all have a willingness to be ready to adjust our thinking. Now this is the hard part. Okay. We've all got to be willing to adjust our thinking when what I believe or the tradition that I grew up in or how my mama taught me or my grandma taught me or a bad experience that I saw or whatever it would be, we have to have a willingness that when those things come into conflict with the word of God, that I'm going to go with the word of God. Amen. Now, folks, listen, this is grown up time right here. Listen, I may have grown up this way. I grew up in such and such a church or I had that experience or mama always said, or I went and I got totally weirded out or whatever it would be. It's important now that when all of those things conflict with the word of God, you're going to have to go with the truth of the word of God. There's no way, there's no way for us to live and walk and make progress if we're just going to go, well, my tradition was, and mine was, and my experience was, and I heard this, and mama said this, and I had this preacher one time, but I'll tell you what, this went wild, you know, and, and you got all that, there's no way to pull that together, because that's not truth, that's experience. What we have to come down to is the truth of God's word and gain our experience out of that. And so this is pulling us together and the, and thank God for his word. And incidentally, his word is more than a book. It's more than a book is going to help us in this, in this. Amen. A couple of things about the Holy Spirit. He descends like a dove. He baptizes with fire. 
He comforts, he teaches, he reminds, he guides, he shows, he corrects, he directs, he convicts, he helps, he strengthens. Let me just ask you a couple things here. Have you ever in your life felt like you made a decision or were warned or, or uh, encouraged in some way by some unseen somehow? And you realize oh, that was the Holy Spirit helping me with that. Don't go there. Slow down. Stop now. Turn around now. And I'm not just talking about driving. I'm just talking about in life. How many of you have ever had something like that happen in your life? You know, I had a premonition and there's a lady on TV. She does this. Oh, you forget the little weird lady on TV. Okay. <laughs> Which weird lady, Pastor? Just turn off your TV and pay attention to this. Okay. Um, you don't need no median. Medium. Small, medium, large, medium, whatever it would be. You don't need him. We have the Holy Spirit. And he helps you. You know what else he'll do? He'll remind you of things. He'll teach you things. How many of you have ever lost something before? How many of you know that when you lose something, actually gravity lets go of it and it goes. It's gone. It's just, it's not on the planet anymore. Didn't you feel that way before? And haven't, haven't you ever said that before too? It's gone. It's just gone. Forever gone. How many of you know it's not? And you just don't know where it's at. Who does know where it's at? Holy Spirit. There have been some times, even, even not too long ago, um, somebody in my house that I'm, I'm like married to. Um, <laughs> we were looking for something. Couldn't find it. I'm trying to help her find it. An important paper. It's not here. I said, it's got to be somewhere. It's not. I said, did you look in these drawers? I looked in them twice. Okay. Well, I'm going. And so I'm wandering around trying to help. And we're like, Holy Spirit, you know where this is at. And then I felt prompted. It was in those drawers. So I thought, you're trying to get us both in trouble here. And then clear as a bell, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, sneak. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. So I, I just felt, and I went and I looked in the second drawer, and I'm not kidding you one second. I reached in and put my hand right on it, and there it was. And then it, and and she wasn't as mean as I made her out, out to be there. And I showed her. I had people ask me first service because I told this. And they said, so what would you tell her then? That you went in the drawer? And I just said, no, we found it. Found it. It's blowing down the street in the neighborhood. The gang of bad children. They stole it out of that drawer right there. But, um, but I'm telling you, he knows where things are. He, he knows where car keys are. He knows, he knows all these things and he helps us. And if you just knew that he's with you to help you with that kind of thing. Some of y'all have been through some tough stuff lately. I know some of your stories, you don't, you're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. He's there to help you. He's there to help you, to hold you up, to show you what to do. I don't know what to do. He'll uh, hold you up and I'll show you the next step and he'll get you through. And he'll connect you with the right people and warn you about other people. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. I said, thank God for the Holy Spirit. And he convicts us. 
How many of you, I know this is a stretch, but how many of you ever done something wrong? <laughs> you knew it was wrong before you did it. But then in your mind, you kind of just, ah, it ain't bad. It'll be all right, you know. And then afterwards, you feel something right here. Come on. If you're with me, bob your head if you know, you know, you feel this right here. And you'll go, well, that's just, that's, I, I don't know what that is. No, I'll tell you what that is. This is the Holy Spirit convicting you. Why? Because he loves you. He's not there to bust your chops. I told you not to do it. Yeah, he's not doing that. He's just saying, don't do this. Every time you do something that I don't want you to do, it hurts you. It damages you. That's not my punishment. That's my life warning. Don't do that. And, and that godly sorrow will work repentance or cause you to turn around and stop doing that stuff. And you know what? Don't pray. Don't pray, Jesus, make this conviction go away. <laughs> Help me feel better real quick. No. Let it do its work. Sometimes you just need to embrace it and go, I know, I know. Holy Spirit, burn me deep. Burn me deep. Let me feel this one. Because I don't want to keep going back and destroying, bringing destruction to myself or the people around me. Amen. And he strengthens us. Yeah, that's right. The Holy Spirit is mentioned over 800 times in Scripture. He is the third person of the Trinity. And he is the agent of action and of power of the Godhead. And I want you to understand that the Father, where is the Father? He's seated on a throne in heaven. And where is Jesus? He's seated at his right hand on a throne in heaven. And so the Father and the Son are seated in heaven, observing and directing. They're observing and directing. Where is the Holy Spirit? He's right here. He's right here. And if you're a believer, he's in you. He's not just with you, he's in you. And as I've said before, and we'll talk about, there'll be times where he comes on you to help you. I feel him with me now. And, And you'll go through life, doing things, but we're sunk. Do you see how if we just, if we only talk about and only believe in Father and Son, they're in heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit, the who, the helper, the comforter to be with us right here where we are. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. The word spirit in the Old Testament Hebrew is the word ruach. And it has to do with breath or wind. In the New Testament, the same idea carries over. In the New Testament, Greek word is pneuma, pneuma. And it's not just breath and wind. It also carries the idea of a breeze, a current, and even a blast of wind or breath. Um, And that word pneuma is very important. And that's one of the reasons why I just called this series Spirit. Spirit, because we'll look at some things regarding that. And obviously the Holy Spirit. But the... Numa, if, if you study doctrine or if you study systematic theology, what systematic theology is it takes what we believe and it puts it in categories. Like Christology has to do with everything about Jesus Christ. And pneumatology, that has to do with the Holy Spirit. So all this would kind of fall in that kind of idea. But it's the pneuma, it's the spirit, it's the breath of God and a very important thing to us. In John fourteen sixteen in the Amplified Bible, it says this, And I will ask the Father, Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. And I want you to read these words with me here. Comforter, counselor, helper, 
intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he may remain with you forever. Notice there, comforter, counselor. This is all that he is. He's comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. In essence, bottom line is what it's saying is he is whatever he needs to be to help you. He is whatever he needs to be to help you. You ever need counsel? He can do that. He can guide you. He can warn you. He can protect you. He can teach you. He can strengthen you. He can hold you up. He's standby. And I love that he is that. He is God. He is helper. He is friend. Now, I am in no wise a Greek scholar at all, but I do know how to find some things out in there. And the word for comforter here that the Amplified Bible kind of expands here is the Greek word paraklesis. And depending on how it's used, paraklete, paraklesis. And let's let's just break it down a little bit. The the prefix there in the Greek is para, P-A-R-A. And it really means this, to come alongside, to be beside with this intention, to help. So it's to come alongside, to be beside, to help. So let's break it down a little bit. So if you have a paramedic, then that's one who is alongside, is beside to help you in some way medically. If you have a paralegal, that's someone who comes alongside the attorney or the client or the judge to help. They're alongside, they're beside to help with something legal. Let me take you to another important one. Parachute. How many of you know you want that to be alongside, beside? Tied on tight. Well, this word here that we're looking at, though, that we get comforter and helper and strengthener and intercessor and advocate and standby and, and all of those words is the word paraklesis or paraclete. And so it's somebody that's called alongside to be beside to help the klesis. It actually comes from the word ekklesia, ekklesia, and that is the word that means the called out ones. It's the church and it's not just the church corporately. It's you and I individually, the ones that he's delivered out of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his son. Who is that? That's you. Do y'all hear me? That's you. Say it's me. And so the Holy Spirit, the paraclesis, he's alongside to help the ecclesia. He's, he's there alongside to help you and to help me. The ones that he's called out, the ones that he's delivered, the ones that he's rescued. He's also there to help us. He helps us. His main work, his main ministry is that personal, individual, daily help that he brings for you and I. Now, John 16 Verse 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Jesus said this. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And Jesus is saying this. It's better for you. It's to your advantage that I go away. Now think about this. If you were... Y'all with me? Some of y'all are reading all the mom words up there. Stay stay with me here. Mama mia. Mama mia. Just stay with me, okay? Jesus is saying, it's better for you that I leave. And can you imagine his disciples? No, don't leave. Peter was the most vocal, but don't, don't, no. Don't leave. There's no need to leave. I'm sorry, all the stuff I did. Don't leave. 
And Jesus said, no, no, it's better for you that I leave because if I don't leave, the Holy Spirit can't come. And let's look at the, the dynamics of what that really means. What he's saying is this. When I'm with you, I can only be with you just right here. I can't be with them. I can't be with them. Follow the, the, the ministry of Jesus, he said. And people begged him to stay because he, he taught and he preached and he healed and he did miracles. And they said, don't leave. Don't leave. He said, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't stay. I got to go over here. I got to go over here. He said, it's going to be to everybody's advantage that I leave because once I leave, then I will send the Holy Spirit to you. And here's the big advantage. The Holy Spirit can be with you and he can be with me and he can be with you 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 and he can be with you. So I don't care if you're retired or you're in the military or you're playing golf or you're doing accounting or you're doing your business, or you're breaking horses, or you're fixing a motor, or you're selling insurance, or you're helping somebody to be wise with their finances, or you're out cutting down trees, or whatever it would be that you're doing, he can be with you. He can be with you. And so Jesus says, it's, it's best that I go because now he can be with all of you. And I want you to know something. He's with me and he's with you. And some of you here today say, well, I haven't received Jesus. I want, to, I want you to know something. He's with you, though. How many of you remember times before you surrendered to Jesus? You knew. Maybe you didn't know at the moment, but you knew later while well, God was with me. How many of you know some of y'all, he saved your life? I mean, your actual physical life, he saved your life. He's with you. He's with you. And he's with us, and I'm so thankful for that. Jesus also said this, and let me hit this real quick, and then I've got something important we'll do here. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Everybody say another. another. When he said another, he meant another. But this word another, the Greek word alos, and, and we'll look at this just for a moment here. Um, it means one exactly like this one. One exactly like this one. The only difference will be sequence. Yes. And so Jesus said, I'm, get this, I'm your comforter, your helper, your friend, your strengthener, your stamina. I am. And he said, when I leave, I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he will be another. Now, this is an important point. Listen to me. This is another point. He, I'm going to give you another comforter. You know what that means? He says, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will do exactly what I would do for you if I was there physically present with you. He's exactly like me. And when people get afraid of the Holy Spirit, they don't have a view to understand. It's just like Jesus. Who wouldn't want Jesus? Who's got a problem with Jesus that has any understanding at all? I want the Spirit of Christ. I want the Holy Spirit who's exactly, he's another comforter. Real quick, Alicia and I, last uh, Monday, we went down to Tampa to have uh, dinner for one of our friends at Pastors down there, and, and it was their birthday, and we went to this restaurant. I didn't want to go to this restaurant. It had a dumb name. And I thought, they're not going to have good food. And, and we went, and it was awesome. And you ordered off of iPads and stuff. It was kind of cool. And so when you wanted something, you just kind of tapped on it, and then you just kept talking, and then the food came. And I thought, I could do this all day. This is just... <laughs> Just do this. And, and we ordered these things. I don't know what they're called, but there were four of us. And so it was these meatballs, and they had a stick in them. So it was a meatball like lollipop, or they, something they call Meatball pops, okay? And so we ate those things like quick. 
and I wanted another. Easy to do. Click another. I don't want anything different. I wanted I wanted that again. Let's do that again. Because there are four of us and everybody grabbed one. I thought that's not fair. I only got one. But so so we ordered another. And I want you to know this. So there's no bait and switch on this. Hear me, church. I had a couple people tell me on the way out the door, this is the moment for them in the service, that they realize, you mean the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus? He's just like Jesus, except he's with you all the time. He would do, the Holy Spirit will do in Jesus' absence exactly what Jesus would do if he was there present with you. The Holy Spirit. Jesus. Jesus is saying, meet your new comforter. He's just like me. He'll be with you and he'll be in you. Now, listen, we can and we should live life full of the Holy Spirit then. Think about it. A life that the Spirit has filled. A life that the Spirit has filled. Look at me. Don't be afraid of that. You don't have to be afraid of that to live a life that the Spirit has filled. I think sometimes we get into all this terminology and it, and it ruins us because we think, well, I saw that over there and they called this. I'm just talking about your life filled with the Spirit. That the Spirit that's just like Jesus would fill my life and help me. Sign me up. And sign you up for that. Now, let me just finish with this. The devil is scared. The most... Full of the spirit man who's ever on this planet was Jesus. He was not weird. He was not given to bizarre behavior. As a matter of fact, everybody around him was drawn to him. Except uptight religious people. And they were drawn to him. But the enemy is scared of this. So I want you to think about this for a moment. He tries to prevent this from going on. And if I were the enemy or if, or if you were the enemy, think this out with me for a moment. If I were the enemy and I'm not, but if I were the enemy and I wanted to hinder God's people and God's kingdom and God's plans, my main strategy, think about this. My main strategy would be, would be to get people messed up about the Holy Spirit. That'd be my main, I'd get, I'd, I'd hire, Hey, Get some weird, squirrely people. Even pay to put them on TV. Get the word out. Have people that, I'd invade some seminaries. Say, no, the Holy Spirit, he blew away. Remember, he's a wind. He just blew away. It's just father and son. They're way far away, way up in heaven. Just kind of figure it out and do some works. And maybe you'll get there one day. And leave us comfortless. Leave us orphans. I'll tell you what. If I were the enemy, if you were the enemy, the best strategy to hinder God's people and to hinder God's kingdom and to hinder God's plans in this earth would get people messed up about the Holy Spirit. So I am working with everything that I can in this series to counter this and the Holy Spirit will help us so we can get all the garbage out of the way, all the confusion out of the way. If you've been uninformed or misinformed, let's get into the light of the Bible that's more than a book that will show us about this wonderful Holy Spirit who will help you, who will guide you, who will remind you, who will strengthen you, who will aid you, who will be with you, who is in you, who will come upon you at times when you need to because He is God and He is helpful. 
helper, and he can be your absolute very best friend. Amen? Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.